Hello, everyone. I'm Tyson Ewing. And I'm Amanda Smith. And this is What You Need to Know. We'll dive into all things University of Utah women's basketball. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What You Need to Know. I'm Tyson Ewing, and I'm joined by Amanda Smith. And this is our inaugural episode of the What You Need to Know podcast. Amanda, how you feeling today? I'm feeling good. How you feeling today? Man, I'm feeling so, so good. Despite the <laughs> loss last night, I'm feeling really, really good this morning. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you're, you're doing okay over in, in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, indeed. And that's where we're going to jump right in and talk about Utah and Cincinnati. Last night... The season began at Cincinnati, at the University of Cincinnati, I should say, where Utah fell at the hands of the Bearcats, 68-62. to 62. And, you know, really, Amanda, as I watched this game, despite the fact that Utah had chances down the stretch, and we'll get into that as we go along this episode, I felt pretty good leaving that arena yesterday. What are your initial thoughts as you watched Utah uh, in their first game of the season against Cincinnati. Yeah, I was super impressed. You know, you and I have heard Coach Roberts say that as a coach with youth, you have to be able to kind of see the big picture. So yes, they lost last night, but I think you have to consider they lost to a team that returned five of its six top scorers and all five starters had seen starting minutes the year prior. So, you know, there were some missed box outs and turnovers. They gave up 19 second chance points, 17 points off of turnovers. But like, those are the kinds of games you want to play in the non-conference before you see the Oregons, the Arizonas, before you get into Pac-12 play. Now that is a terrific point. And you talked about how they returned five of their six starters to Cincinnati, but they were also last season, they were 17 and two at home. And they showed that they really could be a good team in the AAC. And we saw their pressure early in, uh, in, the, in the early going. They came out in the full court press and tried to force turnovers. Utah did fall into that trap. They turned it over 20 times. And Cincinnati capitalized. You just mentioned they had 17 points off of turnovers. And that led to the six-point win. But really... Towards the end of the game, that's where they want to focus on is towards the end of that game, Utah in the fourth quarter at one point was down by 11 points. They'd clawed back. They had a chance there at the very end. They squandered two opportunities uh, that could have uh, helped lead to a comeback. You think of the steal that Nia Becker had at midcourt. She missed a couple of layups on the other end. She missed the first layup, got an offensive rebound, tried to stick it back up and couldn't. And that was a four-point swing. At that point, they were down by five. Nia's layup would have made it a three-point game. And instead, you had Antoinette Miller for Cincinnati go down and score on the other end. And it jumped it up to a seven-point lead. Then you think towards the very end of the game, 23 seconds to go. You had an opportunity for, uh, for Cincinnati or for Utah to cut it to another three-point lead. Uh, Cincinnati had a chance to go up two scores. Antoinette Miller, again, missed two free throws and a rebound skied over Ola Makirat's head and an offensive rebound for Cincinnati followed by two free throws, which led to a five-point uh, lead at that point for Cincinnati. I think that big picture, though, like Nia Becker before the season had started said, you know, I want to attack more. I want to play more confident this year. And we heard Coach Roberts after the exhibition game say that 
to be a sophomore, you feel more comfortable and that just exudes confidence. We saw that last night in the way she played. She had a career high night, Tyson, 13 points. Yep. She had 13 points and three big steals and her length is spectacular. You think about the length that she has and how she's able to get in the passing lanes of, uh, of, of opposing teams. And we saw that uh, in really uh, put on display yesterday. And I can't even pretend to be like unbiased toward Brenda Maxwell. Like if you just get a chance to talk to her, you become the biggest fan of her and her game. And to get the start last night and then to play those minutes in clutch time and she hit back-to-back three-pointers to pull it within a three-point game, that was huge. You usually wait. We saw that last year. You know, Drew Gilton and Andrea Torres had never been on the floor before in that type of clutch time situation. Brenna Maxwell was in that in the first game that they played. So that's experience that you want before you get into the conference play. You just want to like weed out all of those little errors and mistakes and and gain as much as you can. Let's talk about Brenna for a moment. Uh, We had an opportunity to go to that breakfast a couple of weeks ago, and we saw for the first time what she could do. And you and I have talked about this. I even spoke with her parents about this yesterday, just how incredible it is that when she comes off a screen, for example, her feet are set and she catches the ball and quickly releases it. Most people, in fact, this is one of the first times I've ever seen this, where people will come off a screen, they will catch the ball, get set, and then fire. That is not what Brenna Maxwell does. She comes off a screen, gets her feet set, catches, and is ready to release as soon as she catches the basketball. And in yesterday's game, she started one for seven from the three-point line. Coach Roberts wanted to make sure that she was integral in, in, in a comeback, and that's what she did. She came through in the clutch despite going one for seven. The big term, shooters got to shoot, and that's what Brenna did. Shooter <laughs> continued to shoot, and she knocked down two Shooter consecutive, <laughs> consecutive big-time three-pointers that helped Utah have a chance at the end of that game. You know, she had said that her dad is actually the one who taught her how to shoot and that the whole mindset behind the way that she catches the ball in motion is that there's no wasted movement. So as the ball is coming to her, she's already set to release it. As a defender, that's almost nearly impossible to guard because you either have to be face guarding her and give her no space or you're going to make a mistake and and maybe foul her. And she had so many good she had so many good looks that I'm sure as they watch film today that coach will be telling her to take that shot. Again, she took nine three-pointers, but I can think of two two times off the top of my head that she passed up an open look or a semi-open look that really she had plenty of time to get a shot off. And I can assume that at some point today when they go over film and prepare for Xavier, that that's something that Coach Roberts is going to tell Brenna to do. Now, Brenna did have a big-time freshman moment yesterday. Utah had a two-on-one fast break uh, in that fourth quarter, and it was her and Kiana Moore in a two-on-one fast break. On the right side, Brenna decided rather than pass off to uh, to Kiana for the easy layup to try to draw contact, get the bucket and the foul, and said it resulted in an offensive foul and a turnover for Utah. But again, she's a freshman. That's her first look at a uh, at a true NCAA game. And she's going to learn from those moments. And coach, right after that happened, looked right at her and said, Brenna, pass it up. She looked at her, okay, okay, I will. Those are just the things that you have to learn from experience. If you've talked to 
you know, any of the freshmen on the team, they say that the biggest difference from high school into college is the speed. And so you make those little mistakes in high school. Maybe the girl next to her wasn't going to make that layup. You know, she could be used to having to draw the foul herself, having to do all of these things. Well, you're playing on a college team where everyone can do that now. It makes it a little bit easier. It just is going to take a little bit of time to get used to. And I tell you, I looked at, and I'm sure you've seen this too, but looked at some of what she did in high school. My goodness, Utah, Utah got quite a gem. Averaged 27 points, nine rebounds, two blocks, and three steals as a senior at Gig Harbor High School. Yeah. I, I'm... Just another day. <laughs> Just another day. Sorry, it was three assists, not three blocks. The A and the B there kind of kind of threw me off. But three assists, five steals. I wouldn't have been steals. surprised. She had a block last night. Oh, my goodness. She, I mean, she does everything. She, she really does everything. And it gets me to want to talk about another freshman that Utah saw uh, yesterday for the first time, Lola Pendande. Lola started the game just four minutes in that first half, got into some quick foul trouble. Um, and, you know, in the limited amount of time that she saw on the floor, she still ended up uh, with 20 minutes of play, but missed basically the entire first half. Six of eight from the field, 12 points, and it looked as though Utah tried to get her going early trying to feed her in the paint really as often as they could there's a specific play that stands out to me Tyson Brenna caught the ball on the right wing drove left and as the defense came up to her she was able to dish it down low to Lola Pendande and I was like wow if they can get this going throughout the whole season like this is going to be a really good offensive team the personal fouls in the beginning of the game to me that's a youth thing right yeah. like you just have to learn how to use your body, but dang, she is good down low. She really, really is. I mean, there were multiple times that they sent double teams. Did Cincinnati, they sent double teams in the paint, and she was able to exploit it, still go up and go glass and score too. She can be a real threat, and Coach told me uh, before, she's told me often, that you know she wishes that Lola had some time to play with Megan Huff last year so that they could develop oh something gosh. special Did on the floor. you have imagined... I mean, think about that for a minute. You put Megan Huff Whoa. kind of on that, kind of on that stretch four, or as Coach Roberts would call it, a stretch five, and you put Lola down in the paint. Boy, you got yourself a duo. Wait, speaking of past players, can we give a shout out to Erica Bean, who woke up at two a.m. in Greece to watch Utah's game last night? Two o'clock a.m. in Greece to watch. She was up at that two a.m. to watch. I mean, that's just like a natural leader. Yes, represent your alma mater. I love it. Shout out Erica Bean. <laughs> well, you well, you and I saw that at the end of last season. If you remember going to that high school state tournament game where we saw Kimry Martin for the first time, Bean was there knowing she wasn't going to be playing for Utah. She was there with her teammates supporting Kimry. And you see that leadership kind of being thrust uh, kind of being put down towards what uh what Kiana Moore can do. Kiana Moore is a natural leader. And even though uh, this is really her year to be the leader, I felt that sh this was kind of building to where she was going to take the reins of leadership uh, at, at this at, for this team. And that's what we're seeing so far, uh, kind of in the preseason. Now we've started the actual, uh, or I guess prior to, I guess, training camp, whatever you might want to call that. But <laughs> Leading up into that first game of the season, you can see that Kiana isn't just 
a vocal leader. She truly is a team leader and has an opportunity uh, this season to show what she's learned at Utah, playing her first three seasons at Utah, and now being able to keep that culture and not only just playing three seasons, but playing three seasons under Coach Roberts, keep that culture and then be able to teach these new players uh, the importance of uh, of Utah basketball, what Utah basketball is trying to do. And uh, I just think she is just an absolute perfect leader for this Utah team. You know, Coach Roberts said that if everyone can match Kiana's intensity, they're going to be really freaking good. Um, and I had asked Kiana at the beginning of the year if she felt maybe an extra responsibility being a senior. And she said she didn't necessarily feel an extra responsibility, but more of wanting to hold her teammates accountable. They want to finish top four, top five in the Pac-12. You can't make those mistakes against an Oregon school. You can make them against Cincinnati because you're learning it's, it's your first game. Once it gets into conference play, like the Pac-12 is so elite. You don't have time to practice anymore. Like you need to be ready for game time situation. And truly, uh, what 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 Kiana can do, uh, not only just on the floor, but as a leader is going to really going to carry this Utah team. And, you know, you just mentioned that Coach Roberts talked about how if every player had the intensity that Kiana is, we're going to be, quote, really freaking good. And <laughs> that's a quote. That's <laughs> it a is quote. absolutely was a quote. I wrote it and, down. Really freaking good. <laughs> really freaking good. You know, Kiana didn't quite have the game that she was looking for, seven points, four rebounds, but, you know, she was that team leader, and it's going to come. It's going to come, and despite the loss, and you and I talked about this last night, but despite the loss, I still felt there was just so many positives to take from this game, even though they couldn't get the job done. But going back to Cincinnati, was there anything else that you can think of that stuck out in your mind as something that might be a positive to take into these next 10 games before Pac-12 play starts. I thought the defense looked phenomenal. You know, in the second quarter, they held them to just seven points. Um, and that's that's hard to do against a collegiate basketball team. You know, the little errors throughout the game, the missed box outs, the turnovers, that all added up at the end. And eventually, they just ran out of time. But like you said, I think that there were a lot of positives. I thought the defense was great. Getting the freshman minutes, Brenda Maxwell at 25, Lola Pendande 21. Everyone who was active on the roster saw playing time yesterday. That's huge. So you talked about it. Second quarter, seven points allowed uh, that uh, did Utah for Cincinnati. At one point, Cincinnati missed nine consecutive shots. They started that first half, nine of 18 from the field. And Coach Roberts clamped down that defense. And to end the first half, they went just 2 of 15 from the field. So kind of giving you some stats to back up what you just stated. Third quarter was a bit of a different story. They decided to go to their all-stars. Cincinnati went to Antoinette Miller and to Amari Thomas. And we saw uh, just really how how good those two can be. Those two don't quite have an answer. And that resulted in a 68-62 to 62 loss on the road as Cincinnati beats Utah. Utah falls to 0 and one on the season but again like amanda and i've talked about a lot of things that i feel utah can take from this game and can turn into a positive what do you think in your opinion <laughs> is the benefit of having all of the active players yesterday get playing time well 
That is legitimately the first time that I can recall. This is my fourth season covering Utah basketball. For uh, the first time that I can recall that every single person who was on the active roster uh, was actually able to play and did play. Um, you know, Aubrey Noti got uh, kind of got um, minutes due to foul trouble, but I I felt that she came in. She made some great plays on the floor and she got experience. It was her first true NCAA game as well. Um, and getting everybody that playing time is really only going to help. And I actually talked to Coach prior to the game, and I talked about not just the freshmen that are going to see minutes, but you think about it. This is the first time that Julie Brasso, that Aubrey Noti, that Ola Makirat was having time to play Utah basketball, not to mention Maron, Cor- uh, uh, Maron Corbin coming back for her first game after she tore an ACL a season ago. So really what you saw was just four players returning in Keanu Moore, Drew Gilton, and Nia Becker, and Andrea Torres. The only four returning from last season, and then 12 players seeing minutes yesterday, so eight new faces on the floor for Utah. But it is... It is honestly, it is so good for Utah to get that in the early going so that they can take and learn and 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 grow. Excuse me, it was it was five new faces or excuse me, seven new faces, not eight new faces, uh, <laughs> but that they could take and that they can learn um, from this experience on the road. And that's why I was actually really happy to see this game on the schedule, to see Xavier on the schedule and to see the first two games on uh, a true road game in uh, at a really good opponent, and as we and and as I just talked about, seeing all eleven players, not twelve, all eleven players get get minutes is just o- really only just going to help this team uh, to gain confidence with each other and to gain camaraderie with each other. Nia Becker coming off the bench yesterday, and we talked about her scoring a career high. Might be backtracking a little bit, but it it appears in just one game that she could possibly be that one to step up a little bit and to see an increased role on this team. Uh, and again, I, I, I know it's only a 40-minute sample size, but Nia Becker's length mixed with her ability to attack the basket, and we talked about this uh, going back to their exhibition game against Westminster, we saw her attack the basket more than really we ever saw her attack the basket a year ago. And if she can get into, you know, into doing that, not just attacking the basket and looking to score, but as defenses understand what she's doing, collapse on her, possibly kick it out with the good shooters that Utah has, I feel Naya could kind of make that jump and become a, a true most improved player on this team. We saw it from Kiana Moore last year. Kiana Moore, when Denisha went down, Kiana stepped in. And she had an unbelievable Pac-12 season because you remember she uh, had to come in and start minutes the second game of the Pac-12 season after uh, Denisha went down in the Arizona State game. Kiana stepped up and became that most improved player. I feel, and correct me, you know, you might have a different opinion, that Nia Becker could be that one that has a really big jump from her freshman year to her sophomore year. Coach Roberts repeatedly said last year, out of all of the freshmen that she had on her roster, the ceiling for Naya was the highest. Was there anything in last night's game, as I know you were watching, was there anything that you saw from Naya that would lead to think that what I said might be true to where she might be that improved player from freshman to sophomore year? 
I just think having her out there, you know, she's tall, she's long, she's quick, and she has the ability to score the basketball. You know, when she stole it at half court and ended up missing the layup on the other end, got her own offensive rebound and missed the layup again. Yes, that was disappointing, but it's also like that is incredibly athletic. And if moments like that can continue to happen, that shot is going to fall. It's just about getting more comfortable with the time that you have on the floor. And getting more experience as well. And I mean, I mean really, you think about that. Had she right, made like that layup, it would have cut it to a three-point game. Yeah, she's very young. Not only is she a sophomore, but she's a very young sophomore. I think if, I, if, if, if memory serves me right, she just had her 19th birthday. Oh, my gosh. I feel so old. <laughs> Either that or it's coming up. She is, she is a very young freshman. Very, very young. Sophomore. Sophomore. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, a very, very young sophomore. We're in that 2019-2020 season now, Tyson. That's right. Sophomore. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, something else I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, the offense is Coach Roberts, and we can play a snippet from Coach Roberts' interview from last night. Coach Roberts stated that the really the offense just didn't seem to be clicking. And, you know, I kind of felt that way, too. It didn't really seem that there was much rhythm in the offense. But you look down at the numbers. Utah shot 21 of 56 from the field, uh, which is about 38 percent. Not great. But what they did do is they shared the basketball really well. Of those 21 made field goals, they had 18 assists. And, of course, Drew Gilton leading the way with six of her own assists. As the offense has to change with losing a key contributor like Megan Huff, how important do you feel sharing the basketball with this team is going to have to be? Well, I mean, it's going to be incredibly important. And after the exhibition game, Coach Roberts had said if there was a point of emphasis or concern, maybe it was with decision making. You know, and she said that there's freedom within our system, but knowing what's a great shot versus what's a good shot versus what we're not looking for. That's just going to come with time and experience, being able to determine do I want to take this contested three with 25 seconds left on the shot clock? Or do I want to swing it, try to get some inside-outside game going and maybe get a more open look on the other side? And that's what you and I talked about as well. Shot selection in that first half might have been a bit of a concern. You saw, uh, really, you just talked about an early shot. You think about the last possession of that first half where Utah had a two-second differential between shot clock and game clock, and a shot was taken with about 10 seconds left. And Cincinnati did miss a shot at the buzzer, but did have at least an opportunity uh, to make a basket. After uh, How much must shot selection improve uh, for Utah to excel? I don't think that by any means they awful last night. No. I think that there's just these little moments when you watch the game back and I'm sure that, you know, they'll see it on film, too, of really determining, is this what we're looking for within our system, right? Like, there's fluidity and there's freedom, but do we want to try to go for the easier basket or do we want to make it harder on ourselves? Even with Brenda Maxwell's layup where Keanu Moore was on the other side, do I want to take this myself or do I want to make the easier play and pass it over? Just little things like that. And it's just going to come with time and experience. Well. I think being able to play against Cincinnati was a great first game for this team. You know, a young team getting to play against some veteran players in the Bearcats. That's experience that that you want, like we've mentioned, before you head in to conference. 
And that's exactly what last night's game was. It was a it, it was a matchup of experience versus youth. As you know, really, you looked at that. That was most of the uh, most of the players, including five of the six leading scorers from Cincinnati's team, returning this year. And uh, you know, fantastic experience for Utah, in my opinion. And really, at the end of the day, the fact that they had an opportunity. Uh, for a that uh, they had an opportunity for a win yesterday was just spectacular, uh, terrific fight from Utah, but they did come up short. And again, final score, sixty-eight to sixty-two. But now, let's leave that behind us and let's look forward uh, for Utah's next matchup. They take on Xavier, another true matchup. And a lot of question marks around this team as you've done some prep looking into Xavier. What sticks out in your mind about the Xavier Musketeers? The little that we know about them. You know, we have talked to Tyson that they have yet to play an exhibition game. They haven't played a non-conference game. Utah will be their first non-conference game. So what can the Utes really expect? I think that this is going to be great for the young players on Utah just because, you know, you can prepare and, and take things from last season. They do have a new head coach. So trying to the plays that they might run. But there's a lot of question marks, like you said. For the young players on this team, I think that this is a great game to just get experience and having to know game time situation, what to do. Moments that you can't prepare for that we're going to see oftentimes throughout the Pac-12 conference just because of how competitive it is. You just have to know in certain moments what's the right read, what's the right move here. You know, maybe you don't have a timeout and Coach Roberts can't tell you what to do. Being able to play smart, I think that being in Ohio is going to be so beneficial and great down the road for the Utes. And I love it. And I love that these games were planned because not only are you getting in-game experience, but you're also getting used to the schedule as well. When you think about the Pac-12 right. season that's coming up, you're going to have these matchups where you play on a on a Friday night, you turn around and you play on a Sunday morning. You think about when you and I were in Los Angeles last year. They played UCLA in Los Angeles on a Friday night. Two days later, they were in. Uh, they were they were at USC getting ready to take on the Trojans. Just like that, that same exact type of schedule is being laid out for Utah here in Cincinnati, where they took on the Bearcats last night. They turn around and tomorrow night get another matchup against Xavier. Still in Cincinnati, but it's that same type of schedule. Now, moving to actually Xavier and what is so different about them, they got a new head coach in the offseason, head coach Melanie Moore going into her first year uh, at the head coach of Xavier and looking at her bio, getting her dream job. She spent the last seven seasons over at Michigan, and I spoke with uh, Coach Joe, one of the assistant coaches for Utah, at the airport to where she says, like, there's really nothing to go off with these guys. So right. what she's so what she said she's going to have to do is go watch film on Michigan and see what they did <laughs> because going back to what you said they didn't play an exhibition game. This is their first game of the season whereas Utah had an exhibition and they had an actual real game against Cincinnati. So Xavier can look and see Utah film, but Utah is in a disadvantage because they've got nothing on Xavier, absolutely nothing. Not even last year can they go back and look what Xavier did outside of a couple of players. So Coach Joe said, likely what they'll do is go and look and see what Michigan ran and assume that that is what Melanie Moore is bringing to Xavier. And I think, you know, it could be considered a disadvantage, obviously, to not be able to have film to go off of. 
But I think in the scheme of things, Tyson, it's really going to be great to not have that sort of preparation and just really have to make the right play, make the right read, know what to do, especially for the youth we continue to talk about on this Utah team. So to go along with, you know, what to expect tomorrow, not Amanda, sure. <laughs> I've got no clue. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I've never seen Xavier play. Uh, and <laughs> clearly the coaching staff hasn't seen this Xavier team play either. Right. You know, they do have three freshmen, five sophomores, three juniors, two seniors. So a, a mix of new and old. Let me ask you this, Tyson. Uh-huh. If there was one particular point of emphasis you could take from last game against Cincinnati and want to see a difference against Xavier, what would it be? That is a wonderful question. My answer will be this. Utah's offense was really, as we just mentioned earlier, as Coach Roberts even said, there was no rhythm to their offense. They did share the basketball a lot, but there was no real rhythm, and it resulted in 20 turnovers. What I'd love to see from Utah, and this is and this is going to be kind of a bland answer, I'm sure, is I'd love to see just execution of the offense that Coach Roberts puts out there. She wants to see, and seeing her reaction when plays would fall apart, um, she wants to see crisp movement. She wants to see her girls go through the motion and actually run the plays to perfection. And I get all coaches want to do that. But what I really want to see from Utah is just execution. I want to see them be able to uh, to run their offense and get good looks, get really good looks. Whereas the, we just talked about this a moment ago, they didn't have a lot of good looks in that first half against uh, against Cincinnati. They were taking some bad shots. But, you know, that could probably speak volumes to the aggressive defense that Cincinnati was playing. But what I want to see is Utah get into their flow offensively because Coach Roberts does have a terrific uh, – she's, she's a terrific offensive coach, and she has fantastic plays. Her out-of-bounds plays are tremendous, by the way. I get that's a side note. But I just – I would love to see them just run their offense – and get good looks. They're going to turn the ball over. That that's that's just going to happen in this in the game of basketball. But you know, limit those turnovers a little bit more and get better looks. Whether that be three point shots, whether that be in the paint, try to get Lola more involved. Not that she wasn't involved yesterday. She just got into foul trouble. But just just see better, much better rhythm offensively because their defense is there. Their defense is fantastic, and we've talked about that for basically the entire time that I've been at Utah. Coach Roberts and Coach Gavin Peterson have devised a terrific defensive plan, and that's really their staple. But their offense, Coach Roberts, is such a terrific offensive-minded head coach. And I would love to see her ladies run her offense as best as they possibly could. You know, I'll say one last time, Tyson, that she has said that, yes, there's freedom in their system, but we need to know and learn what's a great shot versus what's a good shot versus what we're not looking for. That comes with the discipline of shot selection. And that, that will just come with time and experience for this young Utah team. It will. It will. Absolutely. And not having Megan Huff from a season ago, that will that will really put these girls in situations or put these women in situations to where they're going to have to uh, move the basketball. Whereas Megan Huff could she she was kind of a creator of her own shot. If she needed a if she needed to take a shot, then there was a game plan to give Megan Huff a shot. Right now, there is a there really isn't that player that can actually kind of take over and really get their own shot. You have terrific, terrific uh, players to help set other players up, like a Drew Gilton, for example, who is magnificent at setting her teammates up. 
but you don't have that player that you kind of just give the ball to and say, all right, spread out, and you attack the basket. Coach Roberts is a genius, and I know full well that she has a terrific game plan in mind to get these women the shots that they're capable of making. And, you know, she had said before this season even started, Tyson, that uh, she didn't think that there was someone on this team that could match the scoring ability of Megan Huff on their own, that it was going to be a collective team effort. There's a lot of score first guards on this roster this year that we didn't see last year. Erica mm-hmm. being fantastic player, but pass first. Brenna Maxwell, Drew Gilton, Kiana Moore, even Andy Torres, if we want to go off the starting lineup and, and get a little bit, you know, into <laughs> the post. But like those are all women that have the ability to break down a defense, take that shot with confidence, but if it's not there, pass it out and rotate the ball. Amanda, I am I am so excited to see what this team can do. I think, I, I think it's going to be phenomenal. I am I'm just so excited. These guys have so much potential. They are they are a great group of women, and this this group that came in from uh, from the freshman standpoint, this young group, you know, you keep them together. It's going to be magnificent this season and for years to come. And I'm just really really excited to watch these women play basketball and to gain experience and with that experience be able to do really special things on the floor. You know, Coach Rob has said that with youth, you have to be able to see the big picture. When you talk to the freshmen on this team, the one thing they have in common for the reason they chose to come to the University of Utah is not just that they want to win, but they want to be a part of building something. They want to be one of the best teams in the country. And that's going to come with time, but dang, they're in good hands. And Amanda, I can't think of a better way to end our inaugural episode of what you need to know than what you just laid down right there. (laughs) I know, I'm going to hang up now. (laughs) (laughs) This is What You Need to Know. Amanda, thank you so very much. I am Tyson Ewing. That is Amanda Smith. That's me. (laughs) Utah will take on Xavier. Uh, at 5 o'clock p.m. November 7th, that is tomorrow, Thursday, they will take on Xavier. We'll be excited to see these young women play out throughout the rest of the season, play out tomorrow, and really uh, show us what they can do. This is a special group. It is, and we will have a new episode of What you Need to Know each week, so make sure you subscribe. You know I had to hit the plug in there. You know, like I couldn't hang up without without plugging the podcast. <laughs> You're much better at that than I am because I was I got you. like, all right, so we're out. <laughs> we make a good team. I'm like, Tyson, not yet. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Let me say this. <laughs> this is What You Need to Know. For Amanda Smith, I'm Tyson Ewing. We'll catch you next week. As always, go Utes. <laughs> I, I knew you'd get that. I got it.